stopped on Jeremiah. I'm not sure we stopped because there were a lot of scriptures in there that I was not, um, didn't have written down. So I think we stopped at, does anybody know? I couldn't tell you because God added to it, so. Pardon? Um, Jeremiah? Jeremiah 15, 16. Okay. Let's turn there. All right. Got it. And we'll start there, and that works out for me. And if anybody's got something different, speak up now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's perfect with me. It's fine. I know there were some things that I proclaimed over here, some scriptures that I don't have. If anybody has those, go ahead and um, speak them out or write them down and bring them up to me, and that'll be great. All right. Your words were found, Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words were to me a joy and a rejoicing in my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. That's such a powerful scripture when we think about it. I almost turned the heater on thinking it was the fan. Um, that is such a powerful word when you think about this. My, your words were found. I ate them, and your words were to me a joy and a rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's go on and... We probably did these scriptures, but Psalms 119, 47. God, I thank you that this word is, is meat to us. Thank you, God. I'm going to go to... Um, Verse 9, first, how, of Psalms 119, how shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming to his life, conforming his life to it? So how does a young man or a young woman cleanse their way by taking heed and keeping watch on themselves according to the word? So what does the word say? I see the word says this, Lord, and so I'm going to take heed to my life and I'm going to take a watch over my life and I'm going to take my life and line it up with the word of God. Let the word be my plumb line. That's where I'm, I will not go over that line. This is what your word says and so I'm going to line my life up to your word. And it's by taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to the word. So we need to keep a watch on ourselves. God expects us to yield ourselves over to him and take the word of God and keep a watch on our life with the word, according to the word. What does the word say? I will do it. You know, somebody told, said to me recently, sometimes it's hard. Excuse me. Yes, yeah, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard for all of us. Our flesh wants to do something and, and we know that what the word says on it and 
it's a fight. It's a war. How many have had that war? You might have had a war today. One person. One person and I have had a war. Thanks. Two, three. There's four of us. Four of us have had a war with our flesh before. Think about it. Every hand should be raised. So by taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to the word. Conforming his life to the word. So in other words, I am going to conform my life to your word. How do you do that? Anybody want to share? Anybody have anything you want to share on this? How do you conform your life to the word of God? You know, you might have been a Christian for years and you didn't know something. You know, the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And then all, day, all of a sudden, one day you read something, you go, whoa, I, um, I didn't realize that, that this was this strong and this, that, that this was in here. I've, I've found that to be in some very deep areas just recently, things that I've never seen before. Not that I was sinning or doing the opposite, but things that... I'm seeing that God is saying, I don't like this and I don't want it done. So anybody want to share how they feel that how they've learned to conform themselves to the word? Romans 12, 1 and 2. So how do you do that? I want to renew your mind. Talk loud, okay. Well, I, okay, so I'll, I'll say what you say. Renew your mind. Can anybody hear that? Okay. One thing is, um, let's turn there, Romans 12, 1 and 2, real quick. Just keep your hand in Psalms 119, because we're going back there. Frankly, anymore, I don't know where we're going. <laughs> Holy Spirit says, go there, I'll go there. Okay, Romans 12. I do want you to know I study to show myself approved. Okay. Do not be conformed to this world, this age. So don't be conformed to this world, this age. Fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideas and new attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we need to be able to prove for ourselves what is good. N good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I don't want the good, and I don't want the acceptable, I want the perfect will. You know, you can have the good, and you can have the acceptable, but in this hour that we're living in, we need to have the perfect will of God in our lives. Amen? So... How do we do this? We don't conform to the world. Okay. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we are transformed out of this world by renewing our mind or the world's ways or the world's thoughts or the way they do things. Every year, it was interesting, and Laurel won't care if I say that, she said every year when she gets a new group of kids in the preschool, they are more into the things of the world than the year before. And she said it, she finds that amazing. 
She finds that amazing. And little two and three-year-olds know about the things of the world that the sixth graders knew about. That's why in children's church, we need to be teaching these kids things, little um, things that we taught them years ago. They're good, but these kids' minds are a lot further than, than we can imagine. And so we need to bring it up to where they are and start teaching them against the things of this world, against, against their, well, I like the way it says here, don't be conformed to this world this age, what we're in now. You know, my kids, when I raised them, when they were two and three, they, had, they didn't know anything about the world because we guarded and we protected them. We watched over them. They didn't have the things on TV. They didn't have the things out there. They didn't have the videos out there that could disturb the kids' mind. We didn't have videos in those days. So we watched them. We guarded them. We protected them. Now both parents are working, so they're not home. They don't know what's going on. Seriously, or a lot of parents put their kids in front of a TV and let them watch who knows what. I couldn't tell you or even the commercials. We can't even imagine what's on the commercials nowadays. Somebody shared with me about what's on the commercials nowadays, and I said, I, that's hard, you know? Because anything I'm gonna watch, I tape. And so I have no idea. I don't wanna watch it, I don't want any part of it. So we need to renew our mind. Anybody else conform to the word? Renew your mind. Be not conformed to the world, but to the word. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Anybody else? Okay, I'm going to use an example. You know, uh, you hear the word on healing, you go out there and you start talking about all your sicknesses, what the doctor said, whatever. You're not going to get healed. You may as well forget it. It's <laughs> not going to work. You can't hear the word and go out and talk about your sickness. You've got to talk about what the word, what does the word say? Beloved, I wish above all things that you may be in health as your Let's turn there in 3 John 2 so you know. That you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And I love what he says after this. I love that first, I love that whole chapter. 3 John 2. Beloved, 
Now, we are this, where am I? Let me first jump, sorry about that. Third John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as you walk in the truth. For I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. There's no greater joy than to hear that God's children walk in the truth. There's no greater joy, okay? That's per that was really good, Christine. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay. One more chance. <laughs> one more opportunity. Okay, let's move to the next one. Pardon? Huh? 47. I believe we did this. But we'll go there. For I delight myself in your commandments, which I love. This is why when you read Psalms 119, it talks about the commandments, the commandments, the commandments, the commandments. This is why Satan hates the commandments and he wants them gone. He wants them out of America. Completely abolished, completely forgotten, completely forgotten. And you go through Psalms 119, it's continually, uh, verse 72. The law from your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Thousands of them. 97, Psalms 119, 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. It's my meditation all the day. Like Arlene said, she said, I meditate on what the Word of God says all day long. And when I get to a place, I'm going to paraphrase what you said because I can't remember word. When I get to a place where I don't know the answer, I, I expect the Holy Spirit to show me the answer, to show me the way. So that's great. Uh, 19.140. Your word is very pure, tried and well refined. Therefore, your servant loves it. I love your word. We need to tell God, I love your word. I cannot wait to hear your word, Lord. You know, he wants to hear that from his children. He wants us to tell him how much we love it. Why do you think David was a man after God's own heart? Because he was constantly telling God, how much he loved him, how much he loved his word, how much he needed him. You know, how much today, if anybody has one of those things that clean glasses, if, they, if I could borrow it, how much today we need it more. Uh, verse 163, same chapter, seven times a day and all day long do I praise you because of your righteous decrees. Wow, seven times a day and all day long do I praise you because of all your righteous degrees. Verse 165, Great peace have they who love your law, 
Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. Why do you think so many people are offended in this? You know, I have never in my life seen, seen so many people offended as we see in the hour that we live in. Just drive on the highway or the roads for a while. It's like road rage everywhere you turn. He said, great peace have they who love your word. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. Next one. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. This is constantly. This is all day long. Okay, let's move on. Isaiah 34, 16. Uh, no, it says start. start. Turn to Matthew 22, 29 first. Sorry about that. I don't know about you, but to me, when I first got saved, I couldn't put the Bible down. I wanted to just, I, I ate the word, just couldn't put it down. And, and that's how the word is to me. I mean, right now, when I get in the word, it's like, wow, God, there is so much. Bless pastor's heart because my, most of the time, most the longest period of time that I'm in the word is at night. And then when we get to bed, he'll be going to sleep. Wow, listen to this. <laughs> Because you know, I stay up sometimes till three, four in the morning. And so when everything's quiet, I got dog here and one on the floor and pastor there. When everything's quiet, it's peaceful. I know people go, how can you do that? I don't know and I don't care, but I know the word revives us, revitalizes us, keeps us alive. So in Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. It says, but Jesus replied to them, you are wrong because you, need, you know neither the scripture nor God's power. You are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor God's power. So we need to know the scriptures and we need to know God's power. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in each one of us if we're born again. That same spirit, that same resurrection power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us and he has quickened our mortal bodies. That same, think of this, close your eyes and think, the same spirit, Jesus is down in hell, he's triumphing over demons he's telling them you know they're 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 think they're triumphing over him he gets called up and he triumphs over them makes a show of them openly triumphing over them in it that same spirit that raised jesus up out of hell from the dead dwells in us and has quickened our mortal bodies if you meditate on that all day long what do you think's going to happen Something's going to start stirring. I think about when, when, um, oh, was it, who spoke to the dry bones? Was it Ezekiel? When God told Ezekiel to go out there and speak to that, all those dry bones. Can you find that? Somebody. He went out and he spoke to those dry bones and they came together. When they came, they came together and then sinew came on it and flesh came on it and bones, bone upon bone. And they all became, they all became what they were supposed to be. 
just by him speaking the word of God to those bones. Think of this. That is powerful. 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 It's in here. Do you need it? Praise you, Jesus. Anybody find it? Pardon? Ezekiel 30. Let's go there. We'll just do these notes later unless God has me go back there because we're on a roll here tonight. Ezekiel 34. Let me write this down. 37.4. Hang on. I love this. Who wants to see things like this? Dear Lord, Jesus wants to do these things in the hour we live in. What do you think would happen if the believers grabbed hold of the word of God and began to speak it forth as Jesus spoke forth the word of God? And people, you know, Jesus, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. You know, that's a sign of a, a true evangelist, the Word of God says, that, you, that there will be signs and wonders following the Word. So I want you to think about this. Ezekiel 37, 4, right? No. 37, 4? Are you sure? Okay, got it. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Well, let's go to, let's start out at verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of, of the valley. And it was full of bones. What do you think a person's life needs to be like to be called of God to, to be used in this way? Let's just go here first. To be used in signs and wonders and in the operation of the Spirit, how do you think a person should be walking in the things of God? I'll tell you what, folks. I don't, we'll just put my notes down there. This is not in my notes. How do you think God wants to teach us some things because he doesn't have a lot of time to do this in. And those that know him are the ones that will do exploits. So what do you think that he is looking for to perform his miracles through? Who, what type of person? Total commitment. Total commitment. Anyone else? Obedience. Pardon? Obedience. Obedience. Good. Anybody else? Perfect. Total confidence. Have an expectation. What else? Um, and a disciplined and a discipline life. Anybody else? You have to wait for him. You have to seek the answer. You've got to wait till you get that peace. It's, it's 
If you're not sure, you have to wait. You got to wait Stay for him. On Stay on the path. Stay on the path. No matter what anybody else around you does. If everybody else around you backslides, quits going to church, quits doing whatever, you have to look forward and say, you know what, God? No matter what. Remember what Jesus did when everybody left with the disciples? Are you going to leave too? He was ready and prepared to do it alone if he had to. Okay? No matter what. No matter, you know, when, when the disciples wanted to go back, some of them say, you know, we, we need to go back to our father. Whatever. Leave the dead to bury the dead. Follow me. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. There's nothing easy about this, I'll tell you. When, when Elisha followed Elijah, he went back. He got rid of everything he owned. He, he slayed the oxen. He burned up everything, distributed everything, and moved on. So that he had nothing, nothing to go back to. And this is what we have to do in ourselves. We have to see that there's nothing to go back to. That's, that's, that's kind of where it has to be. Okay, anybody else? Perfect. My biggest thing is trust God. It's him that's going to do it anyway. It's his word. It's always his word. He will always use his word. That's why we have to know him and his word. We have to hear his voice. And when we, are have, when we have our full, somebody has to have one of those glass cleaners. I'm not kidding you. When we have our full attention on him and him alone, when we have our attention on him and him alone, then, God, I thank you. For, oh, Lord, forget it. It's okay. Forget it. I'll spit on him if I have to. What? And it doesn't work, not when you have makeup all over them. <laughs> okay, you have to have your confidence and trust. I, I got it, dear, forget it. Your confidence and trust completely on him. Completely. Because God will ask you to do some things that, or you're, you're put in a situation sometimes where it could be scary, but you have to know, we have to know that we know that we know this is God, and God will come through on his word. So let's start with verse 1. The hand of, thanks John, you don't put stuff on your face, so when grease gets on there. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass around in a, a round and about and among them and behold this is cute and behold <laughs> thanks and behold there were many human bones in the open valley 
of plain, and behold, they were very dry. Notice, there were many human bones. God's not going to make a human out of a dog. Okay? <laughs> and he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered him. Now listen what he answered. Oh, Lord God, you know. Smart answer. You know, God. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath and spirit to enter you and you shall live. This is what he said. The Lord God, thus says the Lord God to these bones. Let's go up a little bit here. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O you dry bones, you need to underline this, hear the word of the Lord. There you've got it, right there. Hear the word of the Lord. It says it in the King James. Again, he said, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You can give a testimony and people get excited, but when you give the word of God, things start happening inside. Things start coming together inside. Then he said to this, Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath and spirit to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin, and I will put breath and spirit in you, and you dry bones shall live, and you, know, you shall know understand and realize that I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. Who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. And I will lay sinews upon you and you will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I was and as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise and a sound, a shaking and a trembling and a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. Every, every bone had a bone to hook onto. I can just imagine watching this. A bone from way over there might have come clear over here. I mean, I can just imagine watching this. I don't know about you, but this is one of the things in heaven, you know, I don't know how God's going to show us how all this happened, but I know we're going to see it. Pardon? Right. But I mean, I, there are things that they did that I want to see. You know what I'm trying? That we should be seeing. You want to share where it's come to pass? Israel. 
Right. It was dragged on for over 2,000 years. It became a nation again in 1949. That's the, that's the dry bones coming back to life. God. So she prepares herself daily. She gets up in the morning and she prepares herself daily. She puts, does everything she can do to prepare herself. And then she's, what she said is, because this is on tape, what she said is, I'm probably going to get some of this wrong, um, is that she prays in tongues a lot. And she takes every thought to the word of God, to the Lord. And so she keeps her mind free and clear of the outside influences that could come in, which that's, that's the big, you know, we need to see our mind as this is our mind. This all around us are the outside influences trying to get in. We need to put a wall, a hedge of protection around about our mind. And how, we, how do we do that? We put on the armor of God. We, we take the blood of Jesus. The Bible says we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, casting down imaginations and reasonings. and every, So on every corner, you're ready for whatever could come to, to combat you and, and to pull you down. That's why Paul said, I refuse to look back. But he says, I'm straining forward to the mark. I press forward, press on to the mark of high calling. And so he was constantly having, I'm sure, as you could tell when he speaks the word, constant battles. The, the hardest thing I think for Paul was that he was in prison much of, of his ministry. And so he had to hear the reports from others coming and telling him. So he'd hear those reports, but then he had to totally rely upon the Holy Ghost to reveal to him how to deal with every circumstance and every situation. That's why he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Because he had to hear from the Holy Ghost. As he was writing the letters to the churches, he had to hear from the Holy Spirit what God wanted to say to each church. The same as when you're, you know, because he was a pastor of those churches. He was the overseer of those churches. So it was up to him or whoever was pastoring that. But then he, he, he was pastor over those pastors. And so when you think about this, he had to do as what Arlene said, keep his self in clear, where he would be in clear connection, connected to the Lord continually. So that's why he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. That's why Jude says, building up your, your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that there would be power that comes upon us when we receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Power comes upon you. Well, I can guarantee that because when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I went home and threw 17 packs of cigarettes away and never smoked again. That is power. That's power in the home. Trust me, I'd been trying for months. Pastor got tired of seeing cigarette packs thrown away in the garbage. And so what he did when he saw those was he took them and saved them. So he thought, ah, she's just going to go back to that. Well, I didn't because the power of God came upon me. And so we have that power available to us continually 24 hours a day but you have to press in and say I'm going to do it this is what the word says I'm going to do it P other people are telling you you don't have you know you really don't have to do it that way what does the word say 
I don't care what anybody else says. What does the word say? So I've never really been one to sit down and read other people's books or opinions on whatever. What does the word say? And I'm really picky on what we do, what books we go through. Very picky. Okay, anybody else have, have anything to share on that? We have Romans. Arlene prepares herself every day, gets up every morning. I think about Dodie Osteen who had cancer. They sent her home to die. They said she'd be dead within a week, I believe. Am I right? She, she wrote down, she said, I'm healed, I'm delivered. And so her whole family said to her, okay, if you're healed and delivered, and this woman was down to like 90 pounds. And they said, if you're delivered and healed, then we're not going to do anything for you. You can clean the house, you can cook for us, you can do whatever. We're not going to do anything for you. It's up to you to get in the Word, and it's up to you to do whatever. And so she had, has these scriptures that she still, I'm sure, stands on because she didn't get healed immediately. That cancer, she was not completely, the manifestation did not come immediately. She stayed and once it did come, she still knew, I have to keep the word for this to keep it out permanently, forever, until Jesus comes to take me home. Amen? That's how, that's how strong we have to be about the word. Okay, anybody else have anything to share before I move on? That was very good, both of you. Christy? I can't even remember. Anybody remember what it was? Oh, yeah, I remember. Let's go back to Psalms 119. How? It says, I, it says um, it's not even in my notes, Christine, so I'm sorry. Okay. This goes on all the way. What was this? Verse 9. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By keeping heed and, and by taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to it. I said, how do you conform your life to the word? How, do you, how does each personal person do it? Israel came back to life in 1949 or whenever. Okay. So, look what he says, though, here. He says, who calls forth loyalty and obedient service? Loyalty and obedient service. I'm going to share something with you that the Lord has shared with me, oh gosh, a few weeks ago. He said, there are people that have become offended. There are people in the body of Christ that have become offended because people were not loyal and obedient. And it has literally drawn them down to where they are not where they used to be. It has caused them to fall back or backslide and not go forward because they are stuck in a spot where they are offended because of something that someone else did not do. If that's any of us here, we need to ask God and let it go and move forward. Because no matter what someone else does, it really does not matter. What God's looking at is what you do and I do. You understand what I'm saying? But a lot of people, because someone was not loyal and someone was not obedient, they became offended 
and who's hurting. They're not. They don't even know they did it. A lot of pastors have given up because of that. Because people were not loyal and obedient. I remember Brother Hagen saying one time, he stood up and he said, it's a lot harder to uh, pastor a small church than a large church. And then he went on to tell why. But when the Lord started talking to me about this, he started sharing how so many people are offended in this hour because of those around them that, that weren't loyal and weren't obedient. Not only the pastors get offended, but also the people get offended. We have to guard our hearts about this. Guard our hearts, because what happens when a person becomes offended, they stop doing things. They quit. They don't want to praise and worship anymore. They don't want to read the word anymore. They don't want to do whatever anymore. You know, God's not going to give a ding-dong about what those people did to us. Let him handle it. He cares about what we do for him. So this here, there's, there's in verse 4, Hear the word of the Lord. O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. In verse 6, who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. So I prophesied and I, as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise and, and a behold, a shaking and a trembling and a rattling. And the bone became together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews upon the bones and flesh upon them and the skin covered over them and there was no breath or, and there was but there was no breath or spirit in them then said he to me prophesy to the breath and the spirit son of man and say to the breath and the spirit thus says the lord god come from the four winds, O breath and spirit, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied, and as he commanded me, and the breath and the spirit came into the bones, and they lived and stood up on their feet an exceedingly great host. Then he said, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. He prophesied to them. Let's go back and see what Jesus said. Jesus said, greater things than me shall you do. So we need to realize that everything that Jesus did, we have an open invitation to do. That's, that's what he's, he's expecting in this hour. Greater things than me shall you do because I go to the Father. Amen? So this here is marvelous, but go back and think about the things that Jesus did. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Everything and anything he did, we can do. He went out, he told his disciples to go out in twos and go out and do these things. Amen? That was before he died. How much greater. I mean, they, had to, they, they got so excited when they went out because demons 
were subject to them. That was the biggest thing that they saw that because the devils were subject to them. Think about that. Raising the dead is so much far greater than devils being subject to them because Jesus has already dealt with those demons and we have authority over them. Amen? You know, for some reason, demons scare people. They get really, really scared about that. Let's move on. I don't know. Maybe you're bored. If you're bored, go home. It won't bother me. This is something God has for us to do. And he says, go do it. Let's go do it. You know, this is, to me, this is exciting. So Isaiah 34, 16, we're back to the notes. And what did Jesus do? He was continually in prayer. Continually healing. Continually setting the captives free. Continually going about and doing good. Think of what's there for us. Amen? Seek out the book of the Lord and read not one of these detailed of prophecies shall fail not one want or lack her mate and fulfillment for the mouth of the Lord hath commanded and the spirit has gathered them not one word well not one of these shall fail not one word of God shall fail now let's look at John 5 39 When God's, everything that God said will not fail if we believe it. You search and investigate and pour over the scriptures diligently, but you suppose and trust that you have eternal life through them and these very scriptures testify of me. And still you are not willing, but refuse to come to me so that you might have life. Think about This is really sad. Let's go up a little bit here and see what he's talking about here. Oh, Jesus, thank you. In verse 30, I am able to do nothing for my, from myself independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders, even as I hear, I judge, I decide, as I am bidden to decide, as the voice comes to me, so I give a decision, and my judgment is right, just righteous, because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but it only the will and pleasure of my Father who sent me. Wow. Jesus was always, not my will but yours, Lord. Not my will but yours, Lord. He even sweat drops of blood. He even went and said, can't you pray? He knew what they were going to go through. He knew that they were going to, he was, he was there his last I want to say free time with them before he died, I, I, I will just put it that way, was to teach them how to pray. 
was to teach them how to hook you into prayer. But they couldn't do it. They wanted to sleep. Their flesh wanted to take over. And he came back and he said to them, can't you pray with me just one hour? Just one hour. I wonder, if they, I wonder how many times they thought about that. That Just him saying that. Couldn't you pray with me just one hour? I, you know, when I read the word, I think about these things, okay? I probably think different than others, but anyway. So, if I alone testify on my behalf, my testimony is not valid and cannot be worth anything. There is another who testifies concerning me, and I know that, that and am certain that his evidence of me, be, of my behalf is sure and valid. But yourselves have sent an inquiry to John, and he has been a witness to the truth. But I do not receive a mere human witness. The evidence which I accept on my behalf is not from man, but I simply mention all these things in order that you, should, you may be saved, made kept safe and sound. Jesus wants to make sure that we're saved and kept safe and sound. Think of this. John was the lamp that kept on burning and shining to show you the way. And you were willing for a while to delight, sun yourselves in his light. But I have as my witness something greater, weightier, higher, better than that of John. For the works that the Father has appointed me to accomplish and finish, the very same works that I am doing now are a witness and proof that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. Not one of you has ever given ear to his voice or seen his form, his face, what he's like. You have always been deaf to his voice and blind of that vision of him. And you have not his word, his thoughts living in your hearts because you do not believe and adhere to and trust and rely on him who he has sent. That is why you do not keep his message living in you because you do not believe the message whom, sent you, who, whom he sent. You search and investigate and pour over the scriptures diligently because you suppose and trust that you have eternal life through them. And these very scriptures testify about me. And still you're not willing but refuse to come to me so that you might have life. Can you imagine how, I mean, this was for the unsaved, but can you imagine how, how Jesus must have felt knowing I'm only going to be here for a while? Well, let's move on. Acts 17, 11. I think about the time we live in now. The Father knows, and the Father only knows, the, the day and the time and the hour. But he said there would be signs of the times. Okay, and we're in the, we, we need to know the signs that we're in it. Okay, as in the days of knowing, of knowing, knowing Noah. Okay, Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. They, script, they searched the scriptures daily whether those things are so. Well, there are so many things out there that people are hearing and being taught here and whatever. 
The only way to know what the truth is, is searching the scriptures. That's the only way. It's the only way. Because there are so many voices out there. So many voices. And, and people can get off. Trust me. Romans 15, 4. We're almost done. Everything you guys said was wonderful. I'm glad you, you spoke up. It's exciting to hear and, and hear the growth, really. For whatever, for whosoever, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of these scriptures might have hope. I love this. So we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You know what's the word that gives us patience and comfort? That's so powerful. There are so many people that need patience and comfort in this hour. Amen? John 15, 3. How many have ever felt that you know that you needed to be comforted, but no man could do that? You know, people turned everything else. And they're looking. They're looking to be comforted, but they're looking in the wrong places. Jesus is the only comforter, and He sent the Holy Spirit to every one of us. Hallelujah. John fifteen three. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to me, the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. Praise God. If you, not 10, if you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you, and that your joy and gladness may be a full measure and complete and overflowing. There needs to be a, in every Christian, a joy that's overflowing and love that's overflowing. What is the, what's, what's the commandment? This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Verse 13, there's no greater love no one has shown stronger affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. You are my friends. You know, that's a compliment to be called a friend of God. You're my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. I don't call you servants, slaves any longer. 
but the servant does not know what his master is doing, working out, but I call you my friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have learned from him. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have appointed you, I have planted you, that you may go and bear fruit and keep on bearing, that you then that your fruit may be lasting, that it may remain, remain, abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, as presenting all that I am, he may give it to you. Hallelujah. What a promise. What a promise. That is what I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Hallelujah. It hated him before it hated us. So people get upset because of the way the world is. Why? We should get excited. If you're different than them, then you should be excited. Does anybody have the scripture that I ended on last week? Anybody? Psalms 20 what? Okay. I'm going to read it again, then we're done. And proclaim it over you again. How many have read this? How many have meditated on this? I hope so. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. God, this is my prayer for this body. For this week. And every week. May the Lord, may the name of, of God of Jacob set you up on high and defend you. Send you help from the sanctuary and support. Refresh and strengthen you in Zion. Remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. We will shout in triumph at your salvation and victory. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Well, I hope you're putting petitions out there in the name of Jesus this week. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Jesus is the saving strength on his right hand. Some, some trust and boast in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in and boast in the name of the Lord our God. They are bowed down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. I pray that over the people, Father God, tonight. O Lord, give victory. Let the king answer us when we call. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And verse 2 of 21, you have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. Three, you send blessings and good things to meet him. You set a crown of pure gold on his head. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody need prayer tonight? <laughs>